Hello, everybody, and welcome to What It Means to Be a Servant. I can't tell you how excited I am that everybody is listening right now and to know that this is going to be a new journey. I can't wait to give the different viewpoints, this whole outlook on the restaurant industry, the approaches that I feel people can receive from this, the gifts, humbleness, and I am so appreciative of everyone that has supported me and thank you so much for listening. All right, buddy, welcome back to what it means to be a servant. I am so excited today because I have a co-host today. His name is Alec DiLorenzo. I have met him through my master mindset and what he thrives on and what he gives in this world is amazing. He has such a great personality. He has always a positive mindset with me. and. So he has just encouraged me to really stepping outside my comfort zone and in getting that uncomfortable setting. For example, he was helping me set up the Zoom call before we got it started. So, Alec, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> yeah. What it means to be a servant. And I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah. Thanks, Raina. Super excited to be here. You're always got so much energy, so much positivity. So no brainer where you asked if I could join and come on and, and share some things. And I'm sure I'll learn some stuff from you here or in the future as well. But great to be here. Like Raina mentioned, I'm Alex Lorenzo. A little bit about me. I grew up in Minnesota. Originally went to school at Iowa State where I got my engineering degree. And from there, I went to work for a furniture manufacturing company who I still work for today. And I've been working there for the last eight years. When I got out of college and went into my first full-time role as an engineer, I continued to work with a lot of our, our teams on the floors, our hourly members who are doing a lot of things like, like shooting screws or hard, like manual labor assembly. And as an engineer, a lot of it was help me help solve problems for them. And so my leaders would come and tell me, hey, go solve these problems. I have to go to the floor and try to figure out how to get that done. And just as part of my story, a lot of that, from what I saw originally, was a lot of people going out and making changes, trying things, implementing stuff, and just nothing actually getting traction and sticking or making actual differences. And it was at that time that one of the core phrases that I was taught was go to Gemba. Mm -hmm. And Gemba is actually a Japanese term. It was coined with when Toyota kicked off all of the efficiency in manufacturing world. And they really were the leading whole business that kicked off how to be more efficient. And Gemba being a Japanese word, it kind of rolled in since they kicked all this off. And it means the source. So when people say go to Gemba, it means go to the source of where the problem is occurring, which is always in manufacturing on the plant floor where things are happening, where things are actually getting assembled. And so when I was told to go work on projects, it wasn't Oh, let me go work my engineering brain and try to come up with an amazing solution. It was, well, I'm going to go to the source, which is our members on the floor doing this manual labor. I'm going to talk to them and work with them on, here's the problem. Let's work on this together because they're the experts of that process. They might not have that college degree, but they're still the ones that I'm going to go and lean on, support, ask questions. How can I help you? And that's mm -hmm. where I've continued for my whole career, where I've found the gold nuggets, the wins, throw of additional just culture wins because 
Now the members on the floor aren't seeing engineers roll improvements into them, but working with them to drive improvements and make it more of a collaborative experience. And so that's really kicked off that kind of servant leadership world for me and how I navigated my career. And I went from being an engineer to being a production supervisor where I managed a team of 40 to 50 people. And then I went into where I was a continuous improvement manager for one of our manufacturing plants with about 300 people. And I worked with our plant manager and our leadership team there to essentially drive culture and continuous improvement into our culture and support our teams there. And we actually saw that our facility, you know, there's about 15 facilities for this company I worked for. Our facility then received the most improved facility back-to-back years when I was in there supporting that team. And since then, I've actually left and I'm more of supporting all of our locations. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm bouncing around between all of our different plant locations, helping support their strategy, their initiatives. And that facility that I have left now, they're continuing to grow and prosper and do amazing things. I'm super happy for them. And I check in every once in a while. So that's what I have going on for the most part. That's a little in-depth background, I guess, for you. <laughs> but another thing that I have going on that I'll just mention briefly is through all that time of supporting a lot of the floor members, um, as I moved into that leadership position with the plant, I had engineers reporting to me. And that's where I started to really do a lot more individual coaching, supporting my engineers on what are they ambitious about? What are they interested in creating in their life? And getting into more of the coaching side and supporting them to reach their goals. And that's something that I've put more and more attention on over the last nine months here, doing that at work and starting to do that actually outside of work to help people just achieve their goals and dreams however I can. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, that's so awesome, Alec. And so like, what do you feel like creates that fight, like that driven mode into your servant leadership skills? Like what, what creates that? Good question. For me, it's funny. I'll tell a brief personal story. When I was young, I don't even know how old I was. I'm going to say like when I was around five or six, mm-hmm. we were up in Minnesota and we had just got done eating at a, like a really good pizza place. I remember when we, and we were leaving, it was me. My brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad, and we're leaving this, you know, warm pizza place into, of course, Minnesota in the winter, just harsh, cold snow, right? We walk yeah. outside and hear the brisk wind hit me in the face. And I'm like, oh, it's cold. <laughs> uh, and we're like, I, to the car, right? I'm like, let's get to the car. Let's get in and get home. Right. And as we walk out, my dad stops. Instead of heading towards the car, I like stop. I'm like, where's my dad going? Because the rest of the family's going that way. Mm. My dad stops, turns, takes a few steps next to the front door. And there was like a homeless man all bundled up, just yeah. kind of cold. My dad yeah. gave him all of our pizza leftovers. Uh-huh. And I was devastated. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I was like, that pizza. And I wasn't devastated about anything except the pizza. We were losing the pizza, which was so good. Right. <laughs> which in my like, little kid, I was like, that's the most important thing to me right now. Right. And so my dad gives this homeless man our pizza. Uh-huh. Pretend towards the car. And I was like, dad. I was like, what are you doing? I, was, I, I remember specifically being like, why do you give him our pizza? Right. And my dad just said, you know, sometimes other people need it more than we do. Uh, yeah. Super simple to the point. But I remember in that moment, my dad saying, you know, other people have needs and they need support. It just struck me through my whole body. I remember viscerally, I was just 
dumbstruck. And I was, at the time, I felt like ashamed for even like questioning him. Of course, that you don't know it, so you know. Right. And that just struck me. And so the drive that I have comes from knowing that there's so much good in life to be able to see him. And that I've seen loving parents, family, if there's something that I can do to help someone get out of a bad situation or to solve a problem for them, that drives me to go put in that extra work. All more times than ever, do something more for someone else than myself. Yeah. Because I just see when I go down the plant floor or other areas and this person's doing this manual labor job day in and day out, working 10 hour days, there's breaks, there's all these things. They're paid well, of course, but it's like, man, that looks hard. That looks painful. That looks like you're going home with some aches. Yeah. Like, how can I come in and support you and make this easier? Um, I don't want people to be in this pain. I want people to see that change is always possible. Mm -hmm. It just takes that effort and that desire to do it. Most of the members that I work with on the plant floor, sometimes when I first start working with them, they're not even aware of these problems. They've gotten so used to them. They just deal with it. Right. And I think a lot of us do that with all parts of our life, but specifically I'll help them show like, Hey, we can solve this or, you know, this thing that you have all taped up and it breaks every other time you use it. Like, let me get you a new one or let me help you solve that or let's figure out how we can make doing this easier and helping them solve that problem. And then seeing them like light up and be like, this is amazing. This just made, you know, my every single day easier. It's like, right. that's what it's all about for me. Oh, Alec, everything that you just said, I resonate with so much. And, you know, it makes my heart so happy. And thank you for giving me your friendship and your time always, because it's like it means so much to have a person like you that just keeps fighting for people. And, you know, I've only known you for a couple of months, but dude, it's been amazing because, you know, you can tell where your heart is at. You can tell how much you want to give that fight for other people. And that's what this world needs is fighters and leaders like you to show them the light, to show them the possibilities, to show them and guide them. And so it's been such a pleasure, Alec, to just like share that from you and just what you go for. Yeah, thanks. Of course. Any other questions for me today? For our listeners, if you had to give them one suggestion of how to fight and have faith today into their dreams and their hopes, what would it be? Great question. A couple of things kind of pop, I guess, immediately into my mind. It's one, it's the reminder that we all need that we have so much more control over our circumstances than sometimes we give credit to. It's really, really easy and sometimes like attractive to be able to point and say, I'm not where I want to be because of this thing or that thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have the energy today right. or and I've had that person. Things. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And, and that can be convincing sometimes when that alarm goes off and you just want to hit snooze for the 14th time, mm -hmm. guilty. But on those days where you decide, hey, I'm going to get up on that first snooze instead, or I'm not even going to snooze today, you get up. Yeah. Sometimes those are days where we have the most energy and it's just pushing through that illusion of, hey, we all have the power to work towards what we want, to make the change happen in our life that we want. And sometimes it just starts with acknowledging that and taking steps towards it. Yeah. And a lot of times too, it's, as you kind of mentioned, you know, what are you for any listener out there? What is the thing that gets you fired up and drives you? 
what are you passionate about? And no, I even talked to a buddy. He's like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Uh What gets you excited? What, you know, revs your engine? What, I'm sure there's parts throughout your day that you can point to and say, this makes me feel excited and happy. And I encourage you to, you know, think about that. If you're not saying, hey, nothing's popping for you, if you're listening, I just encourage you over the next few days to pay attention to moments of joy that come up. And I also want to notice something that I've been paying attention to is there, there's levels of that too. There's deep joy where I feel that when I'm interacting with others, growing, encouraging, taking on challenges, like that stuff that gets me more fired up. Uh, then there's things that can trick me into feeling joy. Like if I'm sitting and watching like Netflix or a YouTube video that isn't growing me, but it's entertainment purpose. Right. It's easy to sometimes be like, that's where I'm the most happy. And I am sometimes happy and that's necessary, right? To, to refresh and sometimes oh, yeah. just relax. Like, Let's, yeah, who does it, right? And relaxing is always good for your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just want to encourage people to say, in those moments, though, that typically isn't, in my experience, deep, like deep joy and deep drive, uh-huh. energetic joy. Oh, uh, yeah. So I want to make sure people are listening to that distinction of, there's this relaxing, having fun, and there's this like deep fulfillment, joyful mm-hmm. space. And so paying attention to where is this joyful, fun depth where you're feeling in your experience and just see what things are triggering that for you. And that's maybe where you want to spend more time and kind of lean into that. And you'll find the thing that fires you up. And the yeah. more time you spend doing things like that, the more energized you'll get, the more you'll be able to feed other people and support them in that space. Mm. And, you know, Alec, when you mentioned that, it's, I used to watch so much TV. You know, I used to watch shows about adventure, about passion, about friendships and families. And it was like, oh my goodness, I'm watching this. Why did I just waste two hours when I could have been living this? And that's kind of just the mindset that I've become to grow in because it's like, I, this was great, but I want to live it. I want to do it. So Alec, thank you for being a liver and a fighter and, you know, everything that you do in this life, Alec. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, listeners. If you have any comments, questions for Alec or I, please leave them down below. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and reach out to Alec for the services that he does. He's amazing. And I hope everyone has an amazing fighting and faithful day. Bye. With that being said, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone that chimed in today took the time to listen and if you want to leave your thoughts comments and stuff that you would love to hear more of i would be more than happy to see everybody's responses and i can't wait to give my next episode to you thank you bye